Writer Radio Podcast is brought to you by Community Beer Works, making good beer for good people since 2012. The future of Community Beer Works is bright with a new taproom opening. The old taproom currently closed, but the brewery remains open, which means you can still buy the beer all over Western New York and beyond. Single order hazy IPA, double order hazy IPA, both go great with wings. Get it? Single order, double order? Uh huh. The Whale is a classic, and there are all sorts of different varieties always coming out. And Let's go pills. It's community beer works. A lot of exciting things going on, including CBW Trivia Night, which takes place Mondays at Transit Music Lounge in Depew. Get there at 7 to sign in. We'll start playing around 7.30, wrap things up around 9, and then it's your choice to stick around and enjoy beer and wings and all the fun things. Or you can get home. It's a school night. Get home at a reasonable time. Either way, we look forward to seeing you at Transit Music Lounge Mondays for Community Beer Works Trivia Night, hosted by me, Brad, and I hope to see you there as well. Now, on with the show. Hey, what's up? Writer Radio Podcast, Brad Ryder with you, and my voice has been uh, not great the last, uh, I don't know, several days. Uh, I recently sat down and tried to record a podcast and had to bail on it because it just wasn't coming out and it just led to a lot of coughing and whatever. I don't have COVID, uh, just cold, passing through, uh, and I'll be fine. But uh, finally, I fought through the voice thing, so I might sound a little weird right now and I might sound a little weird in the conversation that uh, you're about to hear, but I um, had a chance to talk with my good friend Rich Gensler, who uh, you may know as Bull from The Edge and 97 Rock and the sports station for a while there too. Um, but just awesome guy I've known forever, and we have both been in radio a lot, music and uh, sports, and he got to do both, actually. Um, but we talk about, uh, yeah, music and sports. What what would you expect to hear <laughs> in a conversation between me and, and Rich? Uh, music and sports. So that's mostly what you're going to hear um, in this lengthy conversation that I have not yet decided if it'll be one part or two parts. I might just crank out the longest episode of writer radio in history uh, and make it all one or it might be two i'm not sure yet but you'll find out now on with the show what's up yo how are you hey how are you i'm uh i'm all right i haven't seen you in a while i haven't talked to you in a while and i'm thrilled to uh have the opportunity to have a conversation with you one of my favorite things about you is that i feel like when we were both working in radio and I was working in sports radio and you were working in music radio, both of us were jealous of what the other one was doing. Um, and then eventually you got to do both because you were doing the sports thing and the music thing. And I thought that was cool. Do you consider yourself more of a sports guy or a music guy? Oh, God, that's such a good question. I know. Um, I'm awesome at this like, too, Rich. I, <laughs> I, I went from being like the biggest sports geeky fan guy ever to a music guy and then back to us i'm more of a sports guy now although i will say this weirdly i enjoy music now more than i used to enjoy sports i, I know that sounds bizarre but like i'm finding i get way more enjoyment from music just going through my vinyl collection and randomly throwing something on to bring back some random memory than i am just watching a random sports event um, so long answer to a great question. Well, and it, I want to go further on it because I have found that I am, a, I'm, I'm still a psych, like I'm never going to miss a second of a Bills game ever. Um, 
and I will watch pretty much whatever NFL product is on television. Um, and I still work with the UB Bulls, so I'm, I'm big into UB football. Um, but like, I don't have room in my life for random games anymore. Like, there are just two teams playing. Uh, and a major victim of this is the Sabres. Like, I find out that the Sabres are playing after they've already played uh, or after they're already playing. I got a call today offering me a pair of tickets. I couldn't use them anyway. But I didn't know at 5 o'clock today, I didn't know the Sabres were going to be playing tonight. Like, I just, it, I am checked out. I have been for so long on it. It's just not even a part of my life. And it, it got me into, like, just thinking about how I consume media. Like, we're both long-time media people like we went to school for it and we did it professionally and we have done it we're still doing it professionally uh, for for a long time but man do i not use traditional media anymore if i watch tv it's a streaming service 90 percent of the time 95 percent of the time if it's not a streaming service it's me streaming a movie from the hard drive that i have on my computer um or it's me finding um if i'm listening to music i was thinking about like actual like fm radio how often i hear that and i think the only time i listen to fm radio is if i'm in the car and the kids are with me and we're in a hurry so i don't have a chance to like dig through my phone and put something better on but that's about it for me uh listening to talk radio is podcasts now it's very very rarely live radio so i never thought i'd get to this point but I could, I could do without owning a radio or a television for the most part. Um, you know, I, I need my computer monitor, and that would lead to my streaming stuff. But for the most part, do you? And I don't know if it's a product of age, if it's a product of having kids, if it's a product of it being 2024 and everything has just changed. But I can't believe how far I've gotten away from my roots in radio and television. I am still, like, I don't ever, ever read the buffalo news unless something happens where i feel like i have to go to if i can't go anywhere else to some sort of a news service to find out something so but i i mean a a, a, a paper paper uh, i couldn't tell you the last time a i bought one b i subscribed to it c i actually like leafed through it although i am old school in the way that i do enjoy it for some reason, some weird reason, uh, maybe it's because I have fat fingers and I'm not good at swiping <laughs> up, down, sideways, whatever. But um, that, so that's the, the newspaper part of it. But like for me, I want to go back to what you said about the Sabres. Like, I'm so sad because there was a time. Well, I guess it would be pre-current drought, but there was a time that wasn't like, in my opinion, that far away where I like loved watching Sabre games. Sure. It was an absolute go-to for me. And now like, I just can't get excited. I tried watching and I try watching and, and I do like the live event way better sure. uh, than I do watching on television, but like, I'm just disinterested with them. And, and I think a lot of it is age, right? I think that we have, you know, it's age, it's responsibility. You know, when, 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 when we were in college, Holy crap. I mean, like, like Big Monday uh, in college sure. basketball was yeah. a thing, right? Like yeah. I remember me and my buddies going to a bar probably till God, I, I would say till maybe I was 30 years old or so, probably maybe even older. But we'd go to a bar, Big Monday, every Monday, beer and wings, and watch, you know, Big East basketball, Big Ten basketball, whatever was on. 
And that was a thing. But then you get older, you get responsibility, you get career, you get married, you for your occasion, you get kids, blah, blah, blah. You just get busier. And the things that you used to do in love just kind of go away. And and so like and, and there's plenty of reasons. I like you am huge on the NFL. I'll watch NFL all day long, but I can't watch the NBA because I don't know any of the players. I, I mean, it, it, the NBA is kind of that point where the players are almost all one of three things, one and done yeah. European or, you know, like, like, a, like a lot of mid majors or small power five school guys that for some reason make NBA teams. And for that reason, like I know nobody in the NBA, I know probably 35 guys. Well, not that long ago, I knew almost anybody, everybody in the NBA, same for college basketball. So my sports viewing is like way down and different, but in terms of my media, um, yeah, I mean, I use everything, Yeah, everything, traditional old school, like what we grew up with, forget about it. The vinyl thing is what led me to this because I'm thinking about, you know, I can stream, I can tell Spotify and I feel like listening to the talking heads. And I can tell Spotify to play the Talking Heads, and it'll start with a Talking Heads song, and then it'll find something else that I wouldn't even associate with the Talking Heads, but that I like. It just knows they're good. These algorithms, yeah. they they get me, um, and I trust them, and it works. It works really well. So that's one version. And then when I'm going for specific stuff, I like holding the vinyl, and I like putting it on, and I don't mind flipping it over after four songs, or in the case of the Southern Harmony and Musical Companion, two songs because it's a two disc set or two two albums. You know, like that kind of stuff. I I like I like going to the used record store and you know spending twenty five bucks and coming home with nine different albums, and it's stuff that I might love, I might hate, like. I've never had a Warren Zevon album before, but I have a feeling tonight might be the night that I'm going to listen to this Warren Zevon thing I picked up two weeks ago. Um, you know, I'm listening That's to so things. weird, too, because tonight might be the night was one of his songs. Come on. No, I'm kidding. It, it could be. <laughs> I know it could be. <laughs> now, now, I, now I want it to be. Now I hope it is. Um <laughs> But I mean, that is one, that's one part of it is like, I like the tangible thing. And I think another part of it is the infinite availability. And this is music and this is sports. Um, you know, you, you watched big Monday cause Monday was the day the games were on, you know, you'd catch a Saturday afternoon game or maybe there was a Friday night game or maybe it was Friday night fights or whatever. But when you had to open up TV topics to find out what's going to be on or purchase the TV guide to find out what's going to be on. You had to live by the schedule uh, of that, but right. any not, if I want to spend six dollars a month for whatever it is for ESPN Plus, I've got thirty college basketball games available to me every night. And now that I have thirty yep. of them, I don't want any of them. And and that's <laughs> it's the NBA too. You know, baseball. We used to watch the Saturday game of the week because that's when it was on, or I watched right. the Mets because I had WOR. And now every game's available. So I don't care. There's nothing special about it. There's nothing that makes right. me feel like I need to do it. So I don't care. And I even think about like my kids, I'm, I'm trying to turn them into good music fans. And I think it's working. I want them to know about albums, not just songs. Like when I was, I'll say a kid, but you know, when I was in high school, let's say, I would dedicate $15 a week out of a paycheck, whatever, wherever I worked at the time. Every Friday, I got paid. That meant I got a CD. Well, I got one CD, and therefore I would listen to it, or even before that with tapes, and before that with vinyl the first time around. Um, 
it taught me to look. I just spent fifteen dollars on this thing. I'm listening to every goddamn song. I'm not here for uh, Thunderstruck, and then I'm leaving. I'm gonna listen to everything. I'm gonna know all the words to Mistress for Christmas because I paid fifteen bucks for this thing, and I'm gonna do it. And now, um, if I want a certain band, or I'll, I'll download their whole catalog. And I'll listen to it for a little bit, and then I'll forget about it because I do the same thing the next day. And it, it's just the massive quantity of stuff that's available. Not to mention that all of it's just on YouTube anyway. So any song you ever want to hear, you can just find and hear at any point in time. And I want my kids to have the patience to to listen from start to finish uh, on an album. And I want them to learn about an artist's career. And I'm not going to force it on them, but I am steering them in that direction. And so far, so good. It's working. My seven-year-old the other day told me his three favorite albums. I didn't even ask him. Without me asking him at all, he told me his top three albums. Number three, his third favorite album in the world is Dookie by Green Day from 1994. He's seven. Um, his he second, like saying Dookie like we did. No, he. I don't even think he knows. Well, yeah, he probably knows. Um, his number two favorite album right now, and this is what prompted it because we were listening to this in the car, is uh, from 1979, Look Sharp by Joe Jackson. Is his my seven year old oh. second favorite album, wow. and uh, I'm like, well, what's number one? He goes, Master of Puppets. I'm like, oh, okay, that's right. Of course it is. Um, that's I, I I want my kids to appreciate that music comes in chunks. It's not just a single well, that's on the radio. And I, I mean, I haven't okay. caught him listening to Top Forty ever, so that's pretty cool. I was gonna say, man, and that is one diverse trio of of albums yeah, right there, right? my man. Yeah, yeah, we're doing, okay. and that's the little guy. That's the young one. He got wow. Green Day from his older brother. The 11-year-old plays guitar, and he's always up there just – he was ripping through Welcome to Paradise right before I got on the phone with you. And I was a little worried that it was going to bleed through the microphone because I'm in the basement. He's two stories up. The vent is right above me. Um, but he seems to have gone to bed, or he just decided to go acoustic because it's nighttime and you know mom won't yell at him that way. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I just – I don't know. I, I'm not sure what my overall point is, but I, I guess it's just that – I the vinyl thing is what brought it up. I'm I'm looking. I've got a little stand. Let's see what the last vinyl I listened to. I got to stand up and see what. I'm... Oh yeah, uh, Bonnie Tyler vinyl that I found for two bucks or something. Wow. You know why I bought it? Because it occurred to me only within the last five years that Total Eclipse of the Heart has got to be a Jim Steinman song, and he's Meatloaf, and that's Bad Out of Hell. And I just appreciate everything that that guy brings because it's like this theatrical craziness. Um, and so I bought it and I checked it out and uh, I only listened to one side of it because I fell asleep to it, um, you know, a week ago or so. And I haven't had vinyl on since then. But that's the kind of stuff I'm doing. Here's a question. And I, I raised this to somebody and they refused to answer it. If you had the choice to, from now on, never hear a new song, so you'd only hear songs you've heard in the past, Rest of your life, no new music for you. Or ditch literally everything you've ever heard that all goes away, it doesn't exist anymore, and all music will be new to you from now on. Which would you choose? Uh, well, only I think because I'm stubborn and I don't like change and I'm old and old people don't like change. Um, I'm going with A. I'll, I'll, I'll take my 50 I'm not going to say years of, of, of listening um, acumen and I'll, I'll take that. You've I'll, accumulated I'll, I'll enough that, for sure. Yeah. I'll take that trunk of music and be able to fall back on any genre I want at any time. And I'll be very, very happy because I know that in the end it will take me in a really good place 
and I generally will not be disappointed. I thought I felt that way until I realized that lately when I go to a concert, I'm more excited about the songs I don't know than I am about the ones I do know. And, you know, some of it is a product of seeing the same bands multiple times. You know, I've seen Fish a lot. Um, yeah. I've seen them a couple times in the last couple of years. And the most enjoyable things to me were the, the new songs or the things that I've never heard them play. And there were a couple mixed in. I was like, oh, I forgot about this one, and that's cool. But generally, the thing that stands out is the new stuff. The last time I saw Ben Folds, he, I had not purchased his new album, and he played almost all of it, and it was great. And yes, I love all of the old stuff, and I've you know I've been listening to him since whatever the early or mid '90s, um, and I, I love him. But I also love how he's evolved, and he's playing stuff that I haven't heard. So I've got favorite songs, of course, but I didn't want to hear those. I wanted to hear what he's up to and what's new with him. And that's I, I don't know. I it's it, it dawned on me that while I thought that I'm like you, like yeah, I'm setting my ways, and I I just need the stuff now. And, and I'm like, I'm going back now. Here, here's another, here's an example. So I love Joe Jackson, but his catalog is really daunting. Okay. So he, he came out with two albums in 1979. Look Sharp came out in 79. And then his second album, I'm the Man came out in 79. And I've known about I'm the Man since like 1995. I got really into that album back then. Maybe seven years ago, I was like, you know, I've heard Look Sharp is good too. I should get that. I got that. It's great. So now I love Joe Jackson. And I have his first two albums and also a live thing that spans from 1980 to 1986. And that's all Joe Jackson was to me for a while. And recently I listened to a podcast where they were talking about Joe Jackson and they went through his entire career and they talked about this album called Volume 4. Now, Volume 4, I own. I have it digitally because I downloaded all of Joe Jackson's music, but I had never listened to it because, you know, there are 20 albums in the collection between all these various compilations and whatever. And that one just sounded, that sounded boring. Volume 4. Like, why is it called Volume 4? Well, as it turns out, it's because he did the first three albums with the same band, the same three guys, and then he wasn't with them for a long time, and then they did like the 25th anniversary of Look Sharp in 2004, and they got the band back together, and they put out an album, and it's, I just found it, and it's 20 years old, but it's brand new to me. And it's so fun and so exciting to find a new... Ch it's like when that Saskadelphia thing came out from the hip, which was yeah. outtakes from Road Apples. It's like, wait, there's more of that era of that band that I love? So, like, discovering that kind of stuff, That's I've listened to that more than any other album in the last, I don't know, two months or so. I, just, okay. I think it's fantastic. So I, I, I may have sort of misunderstood the question. So, you're, so part two of your question is open to anyone from your past yeah. new music. Okay. All the because songs I, are gone. Every song you've ever heard, you will never hear again. But okay. there but, are songs from those people that still exist, and they could do things moving forward. I have a, another question that's like this one that I came up with recently that I'm going to throw at you after you uh, amend your answer like it sounds like you're going to do. <laughs> I'm not well, saying you have to. It just seems like you're going to. No, I, I, I'm going to middle sort of. I'm going to waffle a little bit, but mm -hmm. like – so, so yeah, my misunderstanding was that that you, I, I guess I thought that new music meant it had to be new by new artists to you. So it couldn't be, you know, all of the bands that you just mentioned that are some of your favorites that have new music or it's it's new music to you. Right, an album even that I missed from 20, 20 years 20 ago. 20 years old. Yep. Okay, all right. 
Yeah, now, okay, I am, okay. You can at least see uh, where, I, you can at least see the appeal of that. Yeah. You don't have to commit to sure. it. Plus, it'll never happen, so it's fine. <laughs> All right. But I, yes, I, 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 okay, I want both. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right, two things. One, you talked yeah. about a physical copy of the Buffalo News. You know when I get a physical copy of the Buffalo News? When my mom sees something that she thinks I'll want to read about because she's heard me talking about it. So I am right now holding a copy of the Sunday Gusto. I guess the Gusto is on the Sunday now. Who knew? Um, from February 4th because I was at my parents' house raving about the We Are the World documentary that's on Netflix. And they had an article about it a couple days later. I still haven't read it, but it was sitting right next to me when you brought that up. And, and I'm holding it. So I don't, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but let me just give a quick, cause I'm going to do a whole conversation about this with somebody else, um, where the, the concept is just like, let's break down this documentary. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it. But the one thing that I took out of it is that you're watching these people sing this song and the first one, you know, whoever it is, it's uh, it starts with Lionel Richie, I guess. So he's singing and you're like, Oh my God, his voice is phenomenal. And then it goes to the next one. You're like, Oh yeah, this is whoever this is. This is the best voice in the room. Like there are all these stars, but this is the best voice. And then you go to the next one. You're like, nope, this is this is the one. Here's the question, and I don't expect you to have an immediate answer for it, but I think you know there will be some artists whose names come up. If moving forward, again, the only music you can listen to uh, from now on, no matter what band it is, no matter what who wrote the song, there's only one person allowed to sing forever. So it could be a metal song or it can be some kind of, uh, you know, pop hit or it can be country or it can be whatever it ends, R&B, soul, but you only get one voice that's going to sing every song you hear for the rest of your life. Do you have any idea who it would be? Because I have decided oh who mine is. Oh my God. I know it's hard, but if you watch the We Are The World doc with this in mind, you'll come up with an answer. I'm going to tell you my answer. It's Willie Nelson. Like what is more pleasant in the world than the voice of Willie Nelson. What's more comforting than the voice of Willie Nelson? I mean, yes, there are times when I want to hear Phil Anselmo screaming, but there's never a time I don't want to hear Willie Nelson. So that's my answer to the question. Uh, I mean, I have the list in front of me of the people that performed. I mean, it, it just, I mean, James Ingram's voice is phenomenal. That's exactly like, what I, I'm looking at right now in this picture. That's funny. I, I like, uh, Say what you want about Steve Perry. I right. mean, Ray Charles. The whole Holy thing. The whole the whole thing. Every single – it just keeps getting upgraded. You're like, well, that's incredible. And then, you know, you're like, wow, Willie Nelson. And then just Paul Simon kicks in. You're like, oh, my God, this right. is so pleasant too. And, yeah, Al Jarreau is incredible. Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers' voice. I grew up on Kenny Rogers' voice. I could listen to Kenny Rogers all day, every day. It's amazing. Cindy Lauper, no. Although she's great in that song and she stands out and she might be the highlight of that song to me. But I wouldn't want it, her to be the voice that I hear all the time. Um, is it weird, like though, you know, remembering back, and, and I know enough about We Are the World to to uh, to talk about it. But like, I always wondered, there are people that are part of that song that are like the at the utmost highest level ever of music, right? Yes. Ever, yeah. And and then there's people who were crazy mad hot at the time like like the only i was trying to think about this the other day the only analogy i could put it, it would be like 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 there's babe ruth and then there's like dale murphy like 
Mm-hmm. I, I, Dale, like if it was, if this thing, I, 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 I can't even, right. I'm trying to put it together as we speak. But Magic like, Johnson if, and Jeremy Lin. Th- there you go. Right. I mean, like. There's not a ton of that. Like I, I was under that impression, you know, maybe Cindy Lauper would fit in that category, but like I'm I mean. looking at this picture right now, you know, like Kenny Loggins is not, he doesn't belong in the category with a lot of these people. He doesn't belong with Ray Charles. <laughs> And Smokey Robinson. Um, but, I mean, he's got some endearing hits. And I, I don't hate him. And it's been, whatever it is, 85, 40 years? It's been 40 years. And he's still, I don't want to say household name, but kind of. I mean, is there anybody who doesn't know that? But here's the other thing, though. You watch this movie, you'd be blown away by, like, Daryl Hall. Daryl Hall's voice is incredible. Who, by the way, I just read a thing that when David Lee Roth left Van Halen, that Eddie was interested in Daryl joining Van Halen? I heard about that, yes. That's crazy and super right. interesting, and I wish I could have heard it. Um, but anyway, but like him, like Huey Lewis. I've never loved Huey Lewis. Man, do I love Huey Lewis after watching this. He seemed like the most grounded, sane human being in that room, you know, surrounded by 50 of the biggest stars in, in music. I'll say history, but certainly in music in 1985. Um, it's just, it's so good. It's such an incredible... Um, a document of, you know, whether you care about that song or not, just seeing these people interacting with each other. Bob Dylan is there. You know what, You know who didn't fit? Dan Aykroyd. I don't know what the hell Dan Aykroyd was doing. Like, Ghostbusters was recent. Um, right. he, he was Blues Brothers. He loves the blues. I've heard him talk a lot about music. But loving music shouldn't have gotten him in that room, I don't think. <laughs> I don't know. But it is, pretty, it is pretty amazing, though, to think about, like, just the dynamic all by itself with those personalities they all in what, what was it they, they didn't so who said it somebody said you know like was it quincy jones or somebody said check your ego at the door like yes forget about who you are and your successes and all of that forget about it when you walk in the store because you look at these people i mean there's like a billion records sold between these people like i just it, it's like it, it and i wonder you know i if these people, when they were in there, actually like knew at the time what this was, and if they realized the, the just the utter power of the people they were surrounded by, like yeah, I think a I lot think- of them did. I think a lot of them did. Um, there are moments in the documentary where you can see it. Like there's there's one moment where so they all have sheet music, and. Um, or I don't know if it's sheet music or lyric, whatever it is, but they're all, they all have a packet so that they know the song because this is all done in one night. They recorded the thing in one night after the American Music Awards. It's just like hey, everybody's going to be in L.A. Everybody come to the A and M studio. We're doing this thing. And it was all top secret and whatever. But there's one moment where there's a little bit of a break, and I'm trying to remember who Diana Ross went up to. She went up to maybe Daryl Hall and said, "You're my favorite singer. Can you sign my music thing?" And then all of a sudden. Everyone there started doing it. So they're all just getting autographs from each other like it's an all-star game or like it's, you know, after the Super Bowl. I guess they wouldn't do it there. But you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden it's, you know, game recognizing game. And all of a sudden there's this this bonding thing over it. And I think it was Diana Ross, too, who didn't want to leave at the end. She's like, I just don't want this to be over. Like there were people, they some of them got it. Um, you know who didn't belong here? I'm looking at this. The Extra Jacksons. It's like, yeah. we need Michael. Do, do we need LaToya? Do we need Jermaine or Marlon or Tito? Because they all seem to be hanging out there. But, like, aside from bonus Jacksons and maybe Al Jarreau, um, I think everybody belonged. 
And it's just, it's phenomenal. I, again, I, anyone who will listen to me, I've been raving about this thing. I watched it and then I watched it again the next night and I haven't since, but maybe I will again today after I listen to whatever album I promised you I'd listen to. You know what? I, I, I got a question for you then. Right. I mean, you're, you're talking about your kids and the, did your kids watch that with you? No, not yet. Um, but I would like them to. My wife hasn't seen it yet either. I watched it on a Thursday night and then the following, or the next day I was at baseball practice like two of my kids play baseball uh travel baseball so we have an indoor practice and i just sit around um it's really the the calmest excuse me i have to cough for a sec <coughs> um it's really the calmest two hours of my week um is just sitting at this baseball facility while my two kids on two different teams they just happen to have practice at the same time and um i just get to hang out with the other parents and i um the one guy invited us over um because my kids are friends with his kids. Like, doing anything after practice? You want to come over? Like, yeah, sure. We got pizza. And instead of just sitting around and talking, I had mentioned this thing. He's like, want to throw it on? Like, yeah, I watched it yesterday, but let's do it again. So me, my buddy, and his wife all watched it, and we were enthralled. Like, it was just – it was perfect. I had just seen it the day before, and it was that good. And then I since have told my wife, like, you need to see this, and my kids will love it also. They won't know the majority of the artists, but they'll get the vibe. They'll understand it, and um, it's 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 a movie for everyone. I told my parents they need to see it. Um, I'm telling everyone they need to see it. Everyone needs to see it. it. It just brings so much humanity to those people who are still, for most of us, like not real. Like I mm-hmm. mean, you know, like th- th- because of uh, I think their humility. I mean they to be so humble to do what they did for what they did in such that short a time and deal with all of the other people there and not bitch and moan and complain. Well, this isn't right for me or I can't hit that. No, whatever. Um, and get through it and have the respect of all the other people around them. It's all like, man, it's just what a, what a life lesson for anybody that if those people at that level, can be kind of normal and regular yeah. like then everybody should be able to be that way i think well, the, um, the amazing thing one of my favorite things is they didn't let anyone but the artists in the room so there were no publicists or agents or handlers of any sort it was just all right if you're singing on this song you're in the room so is quincy jones so are the cameramen and you know technical people or whatever but there were no no posses no hangers on no affiliates so it's like it and and they didn't have cell phones in this movie for some reason i don't know maybe because it was 85 um so when you when there's downtime it's just turning and like hi i'm i'm bruce springsteen and then right. you know uh bet midler's like hi i'm bet midler to back to you know like it was it just right. there was nothing else to do um because there weren't phones and there weren't other people that that's who was right. in the room and it was just, it was like being at a bus station. Like, you're just going to talk to who's there because that's what you got, you know? Um, so that's, uh, hi, I'm Billy Joel. Like, uh, Cindy Lauper, I think, went and said, uh, she went and talked to Billy Joel because she knew him because they were from New York or whatever. Like, it's just, it was such a, it's such an incredible um, insight to how human people can become, despite the fact that we have made them gods, if you just put them in the room with the other gods and then get out of the way and then there's no hot shots. And I honestly, like you would think a movie like this and maybe they covered something up because you know, they didn't, 
They didn't show any of the cocaine that kept them up all night. You know, they're showing that it's 4 o'clock at 5 o'clock in the morning. Everybody's still chipper. They didn't show why. Um, so some things hit the cutting room floor. But um, generally speaking, like, there, there were no bad apples. It was just people performing and hanging out. You know, some were more tired than others, and some were more enthusiastic than others. But it was just a, a, an incredible night. And, and there's footage of – because Lionel Richie hosted the American Music Awards, and he's one of the people who was um, – who really put this thing together between it was him, Quincy Jones, Michael Jackson um, were kind of the core of it. And he was hosting the AMAs and they're showing footage of it where he's just like, after tonight, nothing will be the same. This is going to be great. And you know, he went and did the AMAs. He performed twice. He was super hot at the time and then went to the AM studio, recorded this thing that took all night, got home at, you know, seven in the morning or something. And his family wanted to talk about the AMAs. And he was so over that. Like, that was gone. This one magical thing with all these people had just taken place. And that's all he wanted to talk about. And they say, like, backstage at the AMAs, that's all he wanted to talk about. And people were talking about the show itself because that's what they were into. And he's like, this is what's happening tonight. And this is going to be a magical night. And it's just, oh, it's so great. I hope I'm encouraging people enough to see this thing. It's just so good. I haven't seen it yet, but... um the, it, it, just because I maybe I've missed it, but obviously it'll be the 40 year anniversary next year. I'm very curious. And if you've seen something, please tell us. But like if you were to put together a roster of people to do either the same song or, you know, a, a similar idea as like, you know, this powerhouse mm-hmm. group of performers like who would they be in 2025? You know what I mean? Like, I think that'd be so fun yes. to be able to try and figure out who that would be, what genres they would be, what, how, what decades they'd be from. Do you include some of the original people? You know, I mean, I'm assuming they would, but like maybe they wanted to do their own. That was more of a um, contemporary version of it. But uh, hmm. I, I think there would be a lot of fun to kind of a great bargument kind of thing yeah. where you're like, I sh- this should be this guy. No, absolutely not. Should be or this person. I mean, you obviously have hundreds of people to choose from, but how fun would that be? Do you say bargument? Because I've never heard that, and I like it. Yeah, I, I coined that term a Love while it. ago. But I, I never hashtagged it or anything, but I I, I I don't know why there's never been a, a game show or a TV show called The Bargument or, or a podcast. whatever. Like, yeah, or a podcast. There you go. You can, can name it. ours that instead of Bull Rider. I, I like bargument. That's good. I like bargument. Bull rider but, bargument. But, but, but they're both they're both good. Man, there's so much good stuff to do. Um, yeah. You know, I said there weren't many flavor of the month people. Kim Carnes was there. Now she had a cool voice, but I mean, name something other than Betty Davis eyes and We Are the World. Name one other Kim Carnes song. I cannot. Yeah. So she's out. Um, I think if I'm doing that, first thing I'm doing is starting with everybody who's still alive from this one, and I'm I'm extending the offer to anyone still alive because a lot of them are not. Um, but a lot of them are. So I would start with the, the core from 85 and then I would fill in around it. I wonder if there are enough stars today. Like who are the first person I thought of that would be like at the center of it for me would be Lady Gaga. And then like, I would think Timberlake would be a part of it. Hey, it's Brad. First thing I want to do is thank you for checking out this particular episode of Writer Radio. The second thing I want to do is tell you that your work is not done because as every podcaster in the history of humanity has implored his or her listeners to do, it is helpful, essential, 
that you do all the stuff. The stuff means subscribing and liking and downloading and rating and reviewing and saying nice things and sharing with friends uh, this podcast to keep it going, keep it growing, keep it moving, make everybody's life easier, get more, I was going to say eyeballs, but this is a podcast, more earballs on Writer Radio, bigger and better guests, better conversations, better everything. Everything about the show is better if you actively uh, help me to share it with others. And you can do that by doing all of the things mentioned, not just by me just now, but by every podcaster who's ever sat down behind a microphone and uh, and done this. I'm with the show. How did you feel about the Super Bowl halftime show? Because I, well, I, I don't even want to say anything. Uh, How did you feel about the Usher Super Bowl halftime show? Um, well, the only thing I will say about that, well, one, one of two things I'll say about that is the entire time my wife was like, Justin Bieber is going to make a cameo. And she kept where's Bieber where's uh-huh. Bieber like the whole and I'm thinking now this this was a total stretch because I didn't hear that at all but I'm like wait a minute Usher's on skates Bieber's a hockey player he's mm. from Canada he skates <laughs> this is where his grand entrance will be and of course it never was um but I didn't know like I I wasn't aware that little John and and Ludacris and uh and, and um and and I think I heard Alicia Keys was gonna be a part of it. Um, you know what's funny? My wife knew that because like, then she told me they're gonna do my boo, and I'm like, I don't know what that is, but all right. <laughs> like I like I didn't need him to take his shirt off for me, like whatever. But uh, uh, I I it was fine. It like it wasn't I, I, in my mind. I didn't have this conversation with the people I was watching the game with, but I thought about it. Like I think Katy Perry and Lady Gaga are like the two last great Super Bowl halftime shows we'll ever see. I mean, those were like the most ridiculous in terms of special effects in, in giant, what did Katy Perry write in them? Like an elephant or something. And Lady Gaga comes from the, from the moon and wherever, like the, the stuff that they did in, the, in those couple of years compared with everything else to me was like, off the charts yeah. and, and that that for me was kind of like a it was like a seven minute usher live you know uh compilation of his hits and i was like okay it's fine the light show was well, yeah, whatever i i didn't hate it but yeah. I, I didn't it was like the greatest thing i've ever seen yeah i just thought it was nothing I, it was just a total zero dial tone to me i can't believe for two months, they made Jim Nance call Usher one of the most iconic performers performers in the world. Like every time, I could hear in his voice, like he's not selling this like he sells things at the Masters at all. Like he doesn't know what you're talking about. And I agree in that. Prior to that show, I know Usher as the guy who sings "Yeah," and me too. And they they played that in every promo promo for it. So I'm like, all right, if he's iconic, I should know something else, right? And then he, you know, I I mean, I knew the other people and turned down for what? Is he involved in that song in real life? I don't even know. Like, I, didn't, but, I, I mean, that's not even a real song. It's just some screaming. I, I just, I don't know. I, I just, I don't get, I don't get what the hell that was. Um, and I don't care. It doesn't even matter to me. I just think, dude, you're the NFL. Taylor Swift's in the building. Um, I don't know. Like, I think there are better ideas than that. And I just calling Usher iconic is my problem. And like, he's not iconic. He does that. Yeah. Song. That's fine. And I don't ever think, wow, I really like this. It's like the beat is good. And I don't even know who did. Maybe it's Timbaland. I don't even know. I don't know. Um, 
I don't have a problem with that song. I don't have a problem with him. I don't have a problem with any of his music. But to pump him up as iconic and then put that and like, nope, still don't know him. Still don't care. Oh, look, his well, shirt's but, off. Like, I, I don't know. The roller skating was cool looking, but whatever. It ain't the weekend. But, the weekend was awesome. I loved that yeah. a couple of years ago. That yeah. was really good. And I didn't know. I knew I, two songs, I think, that time. Yeah. Um, I, you know, like, I, I, anybody that I talked to, like, when Usher was announced to be the halftime, every person to a person was just like, eh, okay, but, like, Usher? Like, it was always Usher question mark. Usher? Yeah. Right? When, when, when he was announced, because, like, in, in the same exact thing you said, they couldn't get anybody bigger or better than that? Like, to, again, to your point, the NFL, with as far as their arms extend and their dollars go, they really? Yeah, the world um, is available to you. And now you're yes. making Jim Nance tell me that Usher is iconic. And yes. He's not. Um, yeah. I, he, I'm sure yeah. there are people who love him. And, you know, I, I've seen... People saying they love the show, and that's that's fine too. I I, I don't really care. It doesn't matter that much to me. Um, but I just I, I felt bad for Jim Nance for two months. I guess is really where I land. That I, it just ugh, it's just not there. It, it, there's nothing. There's nothing there. He should have been in the little John role. Like if you uh, go back a couple of years when it was Dre and Snoop and Eminem and Fiddy showed up and Mary J Blige and all this, that was cool because. Everyone had the experience that your wife did with the Bieber thing, where it's like, what is next? Who's coming? Who could yeah. it be? And you had yeah. you had names you could speculate about. You know, is Ice Cube going to show up? Like he might. I don't know. I don't know what their situation is now. Um, Easy won't be there, but you, you never know. Where's well, MC Ren's not up to anything? Like I don't know. Are they going to reunite NWA at the Super Bowl halftime? Anything could happen. Um, here it's like I don't know. Who, who am I supposed to associate Usher with? I already saw that Jay Z's just hanging out in a suite. It ain't going to be him. Um, I, I don't know. It just, it didn't, I, I, somebody, I don't want to go, said, I, I don't want to be the over the top old guy. That's like, that didn't work for me, but I just, I didn't understand going in. It didn't sound like it would work. And then I watched it and didn't, it was just kind of a nothing, um, which now, is because, fine. I, no, they, I mean, look, there, there's been a precedent set for Super Bowl performers, right? And performances, they have to be people who are like out of this world, like not right. Like Prince. top of their game, best of the best cream of the crop like that's who plays at the super bowl halftime show right um and, i don't even and, like you two but what you two did song. after 9-11 awesome memorable yes yes so yeah i mean I, i'm with you 100 percent that that I, I don't know how or why or who influenced the decision makers to go with him and if if you know, is it? <laughs> this is so dumb, but I'll say it anyway. Is it like is the Super Bowl halftime show kind of like the dunk contest now? Like, yeah. But everybody that should be in it, nah, I'll pass. No, I, I got. No I'm going to be in a suite. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. I'll come to the game. I'm not performing. I'm not dancing for you. Right. I'll be drunk. <laughs> yeah. Football game. Yeah. Oh. Maybe. Maybe it's that. I don't know. Like. So look, you've been in radio, and I've been in radio, and now I'm in beer. And it, what we always end up doing in meetings about like creative ideas, like we, we are around, we have been, we have surrounded ourselves in life with creative people. We've also chosen to work in places without uh, the kind of budget that allows you to exercise full creativity. And I think the thing that frustrates me is like, it feels like we're, we're putting together a golf tournament. All right, what celebrities can we get at the golf tournament? 
I want Barack Obama. I'm like, well, we can't afford Barack Obama. All right, I want Jay-Z. We can't afford Jay-Z. All right, I'll take Reuben Brown. You know, like, that's how our <laughs> life has been. When you're the NFL, your budget is unlimited. Every, right. It's the world. It's, you want, you want BTS? Get them. Get me, bring me, right. bring me K-pop. I don't care. Are they great? Maybe they're great. Are they super popular? Are they going to like move the needle for someone somewhere? Yeah. I just, I just, it's frustrating to me that the world is your oyster. Pick anyone you want out of the whole world. Everyone's going to take your call. And I know it's not Goodell making the call, but whoever the person is, like I am booking the Super Bowl halftime show. No matter who you call, they're going to return the call. If it's Paul McCartney, you're getting a return phone call. If it's Jay-Z, you're getting a return phone call. Eminem, whoever it is, you're getting the call. And it's like, yeah, of course Usher called you back and he said yes, but you, you can do better than that. It's not 4 a.m. in closing time. Like he can, <laughs> up the ante here, dude. You, you got unlimited budget, unlimited um, popularity, unlimited everything. Clout. Wait a minute. Is the wait word. a minute. Hold on. Hold on. What? You just put Our Lady Peace and Semi Sonic on the same stage at the Super Bowl halftime show. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 4 a.m. in closing time. There you go. Boom. Do you have an opinion on the song Closing Time? I love that song. Do you? I hated it for so long because it's the same reason I hated – um much. Uh, what's the band? Uh, I think they're from Columbus. Uh, oh, my God. Black Sequ- Sequestered in Memphis uh, is a song. <sighs> anyway, there's a band that I hated because all of the songs just sounded like cliched bar lines from college. Yeah. And the you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. It's like, yeah, I heard right. that in 1992 and Geneseo. Like, I, it's just, it was so stupid. And then I heard a song exploder podcast with the guy, and it was about how it was the birth of his kid. And I hear the song totally differently now, and I like it. Um, uh, but I, I, I hated it for so long, and now I'm okay with it. Our Lady Peace. I hate Our Lady Peace. You hate Our Lady Peace? I just can't. I, I've never been able to tolerate that guy's voice. I just, Isn't I, that interesting, though? Like, I, I, I've heard people say, this is sacrilege, I know, to you especially, but I've heard people say the same thing about Gord Downey. Um, we're like, I just can't stand this guy's voice. His voice, like, it's the weirdest voice I've ever heard, and blah, 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 blah. I've heard that. I've heard that about many, Ben Folds. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It, it, but but if, you, if you actually took a second to stop and listen to a lot of great, air quotes, singers slash bands mm-hmm. and their front men, and you actually stopped and, and you and you and you separated if you could, but you tried your hardest to separate their voices from everything else in those songs, you might say to yourself, Man, that, that guy's not a really good singer. Yeah. Like separate good I mean, from cool. It, it, yes. Like Axel yeah, Rose. That, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I just I, I can't mean, I, I can't not hear when I hear OLP's me- name mentioned. I hear why from Superman's Dead, and I just nothing. I, I just got nothing after that. Tea Party too, same thing. Like I, I'm big on the Canadian '90s bands. I, I was like you know the hip, obviously the Watchmen. I loved uh, 5440, Lowest of the Low. Um, but OLP and the Tea Party, I just never, ever, ever got. And I think it was singer related. Oh well, I mean, my bad I person. No, I could understand how you might think Jeff Martin from the Tea Party was kind of a tool because he sort of has that sort of he he he, he's he has an arrogance to him, 
But man, I got to tell you, musically, for me, the, the, as a trio, that band was, I thought they were phenomenal. And he does have this sort of like Jim Morrison. Ian Asbury. Like, like Ian, Ian Asbury As- is who I always thought of him. I thought of him as a fake Ian Asbury, and I love Ian Asbury, who yeah. replaced, who played as, he played Morrison when the Doors got back together without Morrison, obviously, because he's dead. But oh, um, okay. so, yes, we're, we're saying the same thing. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, so. Now, I was a fan of the Tea Party, so we agree to disagree. I didn't know they were a trio. They were. And here's the other thing. I, and maybe I'm a little biased because I, I met both of those bands on numerous occasions, interviewed them a ton of times. So maybe because I, I might have a little bit of bias that way because they were just all, like, super good people, um, shockingly, to some. Um, so maybe I have a little bit of bias that way. They're not just musicians. They're Canadian. So they're good people. <laughs> so it is. That's how it goes. I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying that in a world of infinite possibilities, if Our Lady Peace is on, I know I could be listening to something better. So I've always switched. And Tea Party, I don't dislike the Tea Party as much as OLP. OLP just, God, that's just nails on chalkboard type of thing for me. That, that I just I, no. <laughs> but that's just me. Well, okay. So this is funny because. Uh, Paradise by the Paradise by the Dashboard Light mm-hmm. is, is like that for me. Mm. Like, I, I despise that song. One of my most hated songs ever. Yeah, I know so, that. So, I know that I'm. Uh, I know that you're not alone, and I know that. Like I remember high school basketball. The uh, like we used to come out to cool, you know, thunderstruck type of stuff, and the girls team. They had this like playlist of pregame songs and paradise by the dashboard light was on it and i love the song but it just made no sense and it's just it's maddening the way that it's perceived but like i we were talking about records i bought an ellen foley record because she's the female singer on that song and i have not listened to it yet but i will because i got it for a buck and like that's the kind of stuff i've been buying it's just like accumulating factoids from my past that like yeah this might be something like I've discovered, yeah. how, why didn't nobody ever tell me that Jackson Brown's so much better than just running on empty? Nobody, I agree. Nobody ever told me that. But I yeah, saw that record and another one. I don't remember which one. Bought both of those. They're fantastic. It's in the vein I, of you, who's that? I was gonna say. So, so where are you on your record collection in terms of um, your wife slowing down your accumulation? Um, I, I'm just curious because the, the the way like your 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 the, the way you're buying in seemingly bulk because you can yeah I, I'm assuming that your collection is exploding um, especially if you were to do the back to your paperboy thing whatever you said you did when you got your 15 bucks you bought a CD every week if yeah. you're buying nine pieces of vinyl every week that can <laughs> add up pretty quickly yeah I, well I'm not it's not every week. Um... My for Christmas, I told my parents, like, I just I don't want them buying me stuff like I know they're going to. I'm like, how about gift cards? I'm like, look, I always I'm going to go to Home Depot or Lowe's. That works. So if you want to give me something, just give me a gift card from there because I will. Send me it. Right. Um, and then I feel like there was one other thing I threw out there. And then I said, also, there are two record stores near my house. And either one would be cool. Like, if I got a gift card for there, I would go spend two hours and, you know, get a bunch of fun stuff. Well, my mom, being who she is, went 
actually, I think my dad went, but my mom decided uh, they got me a gift card for both of those record stores. So I had awesome. two separate, uh, like two hour experiences of shopping for, you know, one to three dollar albums. I mixed in, there was a, I think I might have paid 14 bucks for that Warren's Yvonne one or something like that. I am not a like collector to collect to show off. I am just like, I, there's going to be a night where it's, 1130 and I am curious to know what Graham Parker and the rumor uh, sound like right now. And I'll listen to it three times in a row. Like that's kind of where I am. I also maybe 10 years ago or so I started um, anytime I buy an album, like if there's something new coming out and I still look, I'm uh, I'm dirty. I'm not against, like I was talking about downloading entire collections of something. Uh, I'm I'm not paying for those. I'm doing things you're not really supposed to do. Um, but there are certain artists that I'm very dedicated to that when their stuff comes out, I am paying them for, um, I feel like I owe them. You know, like they've given me something in my life. And, you know, I'm going to give Fish my money every time. Like they put out an album, I'm going to buy it. But what I've discovered is if you buy it through Amazon, you also get the digital version of it. So many, I, I have several albums from the last 10 years that I've bought and the digital comes first. So I've listened to that a bunch on my phone or in the car or wherever. And then the album hasn't been opened. So I've like, there's a little collector thing going on there, but mostly I'm just buying stuff to throw on because I think I might like it and it's probably worth two or three bucks. So I'm, I, I will say I've got, I'm looking right now at my record shelves. I built two shelves into the wall um and they're like between these two steel girders it fits perfectly um i have just gotten to where it doesn't fit so i have downloaded plans where you can make a standing record shelf um out of one four by eight sheet of plywood that um allows you to flip through the albums forward instead of looking at their spines and that oh, is the goal go. So I've got a sheet of plywood in the garage that I'm planning on using for that. I just haven't gotten to it yet because I don't want to make the sawdust down here and the weather sucks. So once the weather is a little bit better, I'm going to be in my driveway with my miter saw and my plywood and making this freestanding record store looking thing that will hold all of my records and more. Because I'm looking at my two shelves. They're full. My last batch of like eight records made it so I had to stack like five on top. So I'm, I'm at capacity um, and need to upgrade my storage and I've looked into it and I am ready. Do you have a Pinterest you know account? Want, you know what? What? Do you have a Pinterest account? Uh, I do. You do? All right, cool. I thought you were really like, no, because I'm a guy. I have a Pinterest account. I use it for a few things. It started when my wife was planning for like Zach's first birthday party. Here are some ideas. And she just started sending me stuff. Yeah. Um, but I have... A projects one that's like that kind of stuff, like DIY shit. And then I have um, recipes keepers, and then I have recipes to try. Those are things that my wife and I share. And then I have one uh, that I call read while pooping. <laughs> and that is uh, every article that somebody sends to me that's too long to read because I don't have time. And I just say, I've never opened it. I've only saved, I've got probably, you know, 145 articles in there, all of them long form, like, you know, uh, recap of the, 
production of Dazed and Confused. Like all, all the stuff I really want to read, I, I'm never going to do it. Maybe I should do it on a podcast. I should do it like a read while pooping podcast. I like that. That sounds really good. That's 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 better than Bargument. Mm, I don't know. There could be segments hey, so, within the same thing under the category of bull rider. I don't know. It could go whatever. I interrupted you when I asked you about a Pinterest account. I don't remember what we were talking about before. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. No, but I was interrupting you too because I, since we're on this whole record store thing, yeah. I will not buy um, one of those like new reprint reissues. Largely in part because I'm like really cheap. Yeah, um, I'm super cheap. Um, but I just can't stomach buying, you know, let's just, I'll just throw it out for argument's sake. Like I can't just a, a, like a Pearl Jam 10 reissue, right? Like yeah. it's, I just can't, I'm not going to spend 35, 40 bucks on that. It's just, I don't know. Is that, is that you? Oh, I, no, I've never, never, ever. Um, Jason Isbell comes out with an album. I buy it on Amazon so that I get the digital and then the record comes. Fish comes out with an album. I do the same. Um, I've done it with the last couple Joe Jackson albums. Um, trying to think what other, uh, Marah. I don't know if you know Marah, but Marah is one of my personal favorite bands of all time. Um, just dudes out of Philadelphia that I saw at Mohawk place once and ended up talking to him. And I, I still talk to the one guy on, uh, like we're friends on Facebook and I still message with him. And it's just, it, they're just, they're the best band that never made it. They were like Springsteen has jumped on stage with them and played. Like that's how good they are. Wow, that's um, they were on Steve Earle's uh, label at the time, E squared. And my the greatest story that I have in my life uh, revolves around that band. Like I, I'm not gonna do it right now. Uh, I've probably done it on the radio. I've probably done it on a podcast. But it's the best story I have revolves around that band and Steve Earle. I love them. I will do, but they're not together anymore. Um, but they put out. They put out a reissue. Actually, I don't even know that it was a reissue. It was first time on vinyl, probably, of okay. one of their albums. And yeah. I bought the full package because, again, the bands that really mean something to me, I intentionally spend money and support. And they had like a $100 package where I got the vinyl and the CD and a hoodie or something, whatever it was. Um, nice. So that's that's kind of where I go. But, no, I, I, don't, do, I don't do reissue. I don't do... Um, I mean, if Metallica would put out what has become "And Justice for Jason" on vinyl, yeah. I would do that because you know, notoriously, they held him out of the the mix on that album. And if it had bass, it would be so much better because it's such a great album, even without him. But he's barely there. If they would put yeah. that out, I mean, that's just like a dream thing. I would, I would buy that as a reissue. Yeah. It, it wouldn't be a reissue. It would be like a a new version of it. Um, although that I guess is what reissues purport to be. Right. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. I just feel like it's, it's, it's stupid. It's really stupid because I'm sure the, the brand new versions are even better, uh, than the originals, but there's something about the original. It's like, it's here we are. I don't care how beat up it is. Like, this is what it was when it came out. Right. Like it, it, it just, it just doesn't matter. Like just, no, I, uh, I, I have a cassette deck hooked up to my stereo system, and I'll throw stuff on there. I'll throw on mixtapes are the best because I that's mean, great. Um, that is, great. I still have my my cassettes too. I probably have about three hundred of them yeah. of them, and uh, I certainly, you know, God, you you and I have lived long enough and collected long enough all these kinds of things, and my wife just is constantly on my back, like 
why do you have this here? And can you we just put that there? And yeah. can you just get rid of these? And yeah. why don't you put these on eBay? They're probably worth something. And <laughs> you know, do you have uh, do you have a working cassette player? I do. It's, it's in a <laughs> it's in go. a it's in a boom box. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. But, uh, yeah. So, but I haven't. That I, I am a little nervous. I, I feel like cassettes probably should be stored in a particular way. Um, Temperature-wise, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, and I do feel like some of them may, uh, you know, get into the player and the spools may just tear them apart. So well, I'm a little nervous. Number two pencil, buddy. You know how to do it. You've been there. I do. I do. <laughs> it's, it's tricks of the trade. Absolutely. I, I don't know that I need to hold on to, but I can't throw them out the cassettes that are like store-bought cassettes, which I still have so many of them. Um, but again, sitting in a box, I'd never put those in. Um, but the, I have mixed stuff. I have, you know, I used to tape songs off. I have stuff from like 1982 where I was listening to uh, WNYS, which was 104 at the time, um, FM 104. And like the D, I've got the DJs talking and leading up to songs. I used to call and request songs and ask them if they could. I, I probably only did this once, but I remember it. Um, asking if he could say that he was going to play the song and then like wait a second and then play it <laughs> so that I could record it properly without his stupid voice on it. Like I have that stuff. Like those tapes are the reason that I still need the cassette deck. I have a VCR. You know why I need it? Because I have I taped the Beavis and Butthead Moronathon in 1993 or something oh, and it's so good unbelievable and guess what on vhs it comes with all the music in there it also comes with all of what mtv was it comes with the the commercials it comes with you know kurt loader telling me about whatever and john norris and tabitha soren it comes with all of that so i've got you know a six-hour tape of that i'm never ever oh. ever going to be able to live without a vcr well, aside from the fact that I bought a thing to digitize it, I just haven't done it yet. Um, yeah. But, I mean, that that's the stuff. So, like, the tape stuff, yeah, it might sound like crap, and it might be real staticky for a little bit and kind of, when the tape is playing. But that's part of the charm to me. Like, I, I, I thought, so you, so the, the Beavis and Butt, Butthead thing on VHS, you, you're, like, way high lowbrow than I thought you would be. I thought you'd be, like, you know, well, you know, I had that, that Skinamax for some alone time, you know, so. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm highbrow with uh, Mike Judge and Beavis and I'm, I'm way up there. I do still, no, I didn't. That's the stuff I was able to throw out. I could throw out the VHS tapes that had movies on them. My VHS right. tapes were basically from uh, free HBO weekends. So, like, whatever played when there was, like, a free HBO weekend, because we didn't have HBO, but man, did I watch the shit out of the Lost Boys because I recorded it in who knows, 1989. Came out in 87, I think. Killer soundtrack. Oh my god, so great. Thou shall not kill. Um, Echo and the Bunnymen doing People Are Strange. Ah, oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, but like those, I was able to get rid of those because it's like it's just a movie. I can watch it elsewhere in better quality. I don't need to watch, but. Something about the tapes, there's a there's a charm to it. And I will say this too, the records. There's something about the crackly nature. I I wrote this down at some point as something I wanted to say, and I actually remembered it. I love that the shitty records sound shitty and that the new ones sound pristine. 
Like you buy something and it's like it's on 180 gram vinyl and the and it's gonna be perfect. Wilco Summer yeah. Teeth is perfect. Uh, it sounds so good, but there's something about like you know how there's that crackly fire thing in Rock of Ages by Def Leppard. Yeah. I have extra crackle because I have the actual vinyl from 1983 when I got it from the Columbia House Record Club. Like, oh my God. bonus crackle is awesome. Not yeah. great for movies. I think it works for music. I would agree 100%. Um, and the, I mean, the other things too, the liner notes, the, yes. you know, the sleeve, the artwork, all of it is just so unique. And, um, you know, it, it, it's CD jackets didn't do it justice. And it's just, um, or jewel cases rather. Yeah. It, it, vinyl is one of a kind. There's nothing like it. When I was uh, I was working for the gas company during college, like my summer job was at National Fuel. And the one year, it must have been between sophomore and junior, so 90, summer 94 probably, um, I worked in the engineering department, Lafayette Square, whatever the building was called. And for whatever reason, we had this like high-end color printer. And I don't know, it was before senior year. I was taking in like, you know, five or six CD covers, like booklets a day and printing 11 by 18. Well, they would have been square, but whatever, you know, 11 by 11 squares. And my college dorm room junior year was, or it wasn't even a dorm, it was an apartment or a house. My room was covered in, you know, the cover of Super Unknown, the cover of Dirt, the cover of in utero or never mind whatever it was at the time all that stuff um because they weren't big enough i had to blow them up and make them into a wall thing record like just album covers are art i mean there's a reason yeah. they, you go to the hobby lobby you can buy a case to display them. <laughs> i'm yeah. not going to do that because i want to listen to them but i get it man i think there's just there's it was more tangible it was it was uh I can't say better because having access to every song, if I think of a song from 20, 30, 40 years ago that I haven't heard in a while, for some reason something comes up, triggers it, I can find that song in 10 seconds, and that's awesome. Dude, but I it's am, also not awesome. I am, I am looking currently, I'm looking right at my Master of Puppets, my Genesis Seconds Out, my Rush Signals, my Police Synchronicity, and my electric lady ladyland Jimi Hendrix experience all framed on my wall in my man cave. Um, I mean, they they were all signed by particular people. Oh well, to, okay. To better them, but still, I mean. So then, what do you do with the record? Uh, the record is in the sleeve, in amongst the the other vinyl that I own. We should start a business where we sell empty record cardboard cases. They probably exist. Right. right? Yeah, well, yeah. I, I would want that. I, I would want that. I, I wouldn't tolerate Electric Ladyland in a sleeve. That's yeah. just me. But yeah. I get I get why it's art. I get why. What, 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 yeah, say them again because I didn't realize we were talking about a wall. Tell me what who made the, the highlight film oh, here. Um, I'll tell you who made it in one, one band that didn't. Master um, made it. Uh, Master of Puppets that has uh, Hatfield and uh, Ulrich's signatures on it. Um Genesis seconds out as Chester Thompson's signature, who was the drum, the touring drummer in Genesis. Okay. Um, Getty Lee's signature, Rush Signals, Stuart Copeland from the Police on Synchronicity. 
and then Eddie Kramer, who was the uh, one of the engineers on the Jimi Hendrix Experience uh, album, uh, signed that. I know that um, name, and I don't know Hendrix well, so I feel like he's more than that too. Is my guess? He is. So, yeah, yeah, he had. Um, yeah, anybody that's listening, just Google Eddie Kramer with a K, and uh, he was. I think you did some stuff with Cream, maybe. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of like late '60s, early '70s um, rock psychedelia kind of vibe, uh, he was one of the you know He's extremely talented guys. Yeah. yeah. Cream is a band that I got to very late. I um, just I don't know, ten years ago maybe. I was like, I should check them out. Man, there's something there's something going on there. And then that led me to following like getting into ginger baker a little bit and then the um oh my god now i just forgot the name i was about to say it. sunrise on the suffer bus uh oh my god what was that album ah i can't think of the band he was in a band I got to uh tra- not traffic no no he was in a band they put out an album called sunrise on the suffer bus in let's say 1991 or two and she got me with a red dress on it's the first song on the album that was a hit sort of um it's awesome. It's such a good album. And I'm going to, we're going to wrap this up soon. I promise. Um, I want you to think about this though. Th- think about some album that you know about that people don't necessarily know about. Like I threw out that Joe Jackson volume four is something that's been hidden from me. It's from 20 years ago and I just found it. If you have one of those, I would love to hear it. I'm not going to put you on the spot, but if you think of one, throw it at me because yeah that's for that, sure that's the that's the vibe i'm going for kind of overall with the podcast is i just want people to find new stuff to like because i'm discovering new stuff to like um and i hope the podcast is one of those things that people like too um but i don't know i if you if you've got something hit me with it otherwise is there anything that you intended to discuss with me tonight that we did not discuss um well probably purposefully you didn't talk at all really about except for the halftime show the super bowl so that's fine even though we're both sports guys that's fine yeah and that's been that's been over talked about anyway so i'm good with that who who Um, are you rooting for that's what i want to know um i was rooting for you you know when when, complicated by betting rich of course okay Um, mine is not i mean i i think i wanted Part of you wanted the 49ers because I didn't want Kansas City to win again. That old stupid argument. Another reason then I wanted Kansas City to win because if they win, then we lost to the champs. Um, and I also wanted a Kansas. I also wanted Kansas City to win because I thought they were going to win. Um, I just couldn't bet against Mahomes. It was just impossible. Yeah. Yeah. The guy is just. I mean, all kinds of bad respect for him and Andy Reid and, the, and Spagnola, uh, who got, in my opinion, not enough credit. Uh, for what he did with that defense they were phenomenal but like so i i didn't answer your question but i i i kind of wanted the 49ers i think you did your heart said niners but your money said chiefs and you had the bills part of it too yes and that's where i am yeah i was rooting for the chiefs completely because i find this very similar to the whole brady era where when the patriots won that year didn't count it really wasn't anything it's like yeah the patriots won fine you know, it's Jordan right. one. Okay, of course. Yeah, the Bulls won. Big yeah. deal. Yeah. It's the year that it isn't that team that matters. And I want the Bills to be the team that matters by beating them and taking care. And yep. I they lost th- they lost by three. 
to the champion with a ton of people hurt. And I still personally don't think there's ever been a better athlete to root for in a town than Josh Allen. And so I, like, I literally would not trade Allen straight up for Mahomes. And I still think every time I play Mahomes, I'm scared. But it doesn't matter to me. I'm here to root for the guys. Um, this is something that almost came up earlier and I forgot, or I just, you know, whatever, got distracted. The part about me not watching the Sabres anymore, when Lindy Ruff got fired, I was like, I'm not sure that I like the team anymore. I think that's who I was rooting for. I liked him so much and I liked the players around him and I liked the players that he liked and that liked him. And that was the club that I was into. And then once he was gone, I just didn't care. I didn't, I, I didn't have the same attachment. Yes. I prefer if the Sabres win a game instead of losing a game. But I was thinking about it today. My, I was telling my kid that we got offered Sabres tickets tonight, but we couldn't go because he had a concert. And he's like, you know, I really want to go to a Bandits game. I was like, you know, the Sabres and Bandits are not that different to me anymore. They both say Buffalo, so I hope they win the title. And I'm more inclined to really get into the Sabres. And I know you've got a Bandits. You know, you you were big with the Bandits for a while, and, and you probably have seen them more and, and care about them, you know, have them more as a part of you. But I had the Sabres at a, as a part of me, and then the Bandits were a team from Buffalo, so I hope they won. And the Sabres have kind of become that for me, and it's because of the Lindy Ruff thing. And I don't remember how this connected to Mahomes, but it did. Um, yeah, I don't know either. Um... There was a point. <laughs> when I listen back to it, when I'm editing this before I put it out, I will totally know what my point was, and maybe I'll tack it on at the end. Yeah, I, I will uh, agree to you as, as we uh, start to uh, decline on this thing. Um, with, Je- with your Josh Allen comment, is he is maybe the easiest person I've ever been able to root for. I mean, aside, like, Fitz was pretty easy to root for. There's sure. a handful of bills over the years that were really, really, really easy to root for that rarely did anything wrong. And even when they did, you forgave them pretty much immediately um, or, or, or you rationalized for why they did something wrong. And, and it was never their fault. Um, he's kind of in that boat for me right now. Like he's uh, the, the, I mean, the bills won the lottery with that kid. He's, yeah. he's, 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 he's everything. Uh, and, and I hate to say this, but, I know there's people out there and I, I hate them for this, but that are waiting for him to crash. And I don't want that to ever happen, but, um, and I, I don't think it will. I think he's, he's, he's too salt of the earth to do that, to, to make some sort of, you know, tragic errors some way, somehow. Um, but I know there's people that are waiting for that to happen. I don't think it will. Um, he's just, he's just, I, I, he's clearly not perfect. But he's pretty damn close. Uh, yeah, I think he's pretty close. Yeah, he's uh, – there's no crash coming. There's no problem coming. He's – I mean, I'd be shocked if he doesn't retire as a Bill. Um, there, I, everything about him is so likable and so interesting. And by the way, I heard – this was awesome. I heard uh, Ryan Rossillo podcast. He was talking about – he does a thing every year where he compares – NBA stars to NFL quarterbacks. And he compared, and I know you said you're not big in the NBA, but you know Luka Doncic. You, you know of yeah. him. Yeah. He compared Josh to Luka, and he said the reason that he's doing that is that as soon as either one of them wins a championship, everyone will go, oh, yeah, that's the best player in the league. And I thought that was so perfect. Like, that that's who he is. It's Fitz was easy to root for. He was awesome. 
but you also knew he was going to let you down because he just wasn't skilled enough. This guy has the Correct. capability. He's in the argument for best player in the league. He is the best player I've ever seen play for the Bills, and I'm I'm with him until it ends. And I, maybe that was the Lindy thing. I was with Lindy until it ended. Like I yeah. thought Lindy Ruff is going to win a Stanley Cup. I hope it's in Buffalo. Josh Allen's going to win a Super Bowl. I hope it's in Buffalo is kind of where I am on him, and I don't see any reason that it won't be here. So I, when they lose, I, they get knocked out. It was not heartbreaking to me because he's coming back next year, and they're going to work on it, and they're going to be right in the conversation again, and that's going to keep going for as long as he is in his prime or close to it, which you know is another easily five years and probably longer. And by the way, memo to Bills fans, do not take this guy for granted, oh please. I mean, the just just the NFL records alone this guy has six years into the league yeah. is unbelievable. And I think people don't even think about that. It's just he's our guy and he's, it was, he's, a, he's a Bill and he's great. But they, they just – I don't even think – I really don't know if they know how great he is at this point in his career. I mean – that that guy's gonna like destroy records yeah. at his base. Destroy records at his base with a smile on his face while being cool and yes. interesting and fun and showing up in national commercials and being right. in you know uh, he's just he is. I heard recently Mahomes is the face of the league. Josh is number two and he's maybe a- maybe three behind Kelsey right now, but he's in. Yeah. That's who he is here in Buffalo, yeah. New York, and that I think is what we missed. From the Super Bowl era um, is the relevance. We are we we are a small town. We feel like a small town. We want people to notice us and like us and think we're cool. And we had that way back then. And then the Bills being irrelevant, I think, hurt us a lot. Hurt our psyche a lot. Um, they are a hundred percent relevant. If you ask anyone at all to talk about the NFL, they're going to be one of the first four teams that are mentioned for sure. Every time, every conversation until he's gone. So that's what I'm looking for. I can handle losing in the playoffs. I can handle losing in the Super Bowl. I need to know that I have a chance to win it, and I feel like with him I do, and I enjoy it. I enjoy being along for the ride with him, and you're right. Let's not uh, – let that be lost on anybody. It's it's a big deal, especially if you witnessed what it was like in between 1996 and now. Yeah, that, like when this, when this, the during the Super Bowl, they were showing people from around the world watching the Super Bowl, and I can't remember what city it was in. I feel like it was like in Sydney, Australia, or something. They had they had a uh, this this big wide shot of this huge room of people yep. watching the game, and and I'm I'm telling the people there, hey, there's Josh Allen, there's Josh Allen. There's, I mean, there's Josh Allen jerseys like littering Sydney, Australia. Right. I mean, that should tell people the level of star power if you don't know it that this guy has all right there is rich gensler formerly of uh, the edge and 97 rock the bull or bull he just he wasn't the bull he was bull just bull as we've joked about if we do a podcast together as a regular thing it's bull writer bull writer like a bull rider get it i don't know yet while i'm recording this if i made that one part or two parts so next episode, you might hear more from Gensler, or it might be a totally new thing. There's a lot to discuss. There's a lot going on. Certainly at CBW, there's stuff to talk about at CBW. 
Uh, I'm sure that's coming soon within the next couple of days that uh, I'll get somebody on the podcast to talk about everything that's happening with Community Beer Works and uh, our little brewery being in the news lately about becoming not so little of a brewery. Very exciting news, very exciting times, and we will get to that, I'm sure, uh, within the next few days. Uh, But for now, I will say goodbye, and I'll talk to you very soon. Thank you for listening, sharing, doing all the stuff.